0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the joint venture podcast, Inspiration Insights. I am Oliver Carr, Inspiration Senior Hydrogen Analyst, and I am joined once again this week by our Head of News, Robert Leeming. Hi, Oliver. And making her debut appearance on the podcast, we have Capricine Gillet, who is our Renewable Energy and Infrastructure Analyst. Welcome, Capricine. Hi Oliver, and on this episode, we are going to talk through some of the latest news from the news desk, and also is going to talk to us about Morocco and the renewable projects that are happening there, and why that country is one to watch for the future.
1: Yes, that's the plan. Um, I'm going to I'm going to talk about my latest article um, and really. That really is trying to understand why European investors um, should notice the, the American market because it, it is booming at the moment.
0: And we'll get into all that in a bit. But first, we're starting off once again with the news desk.
2: The news. Yes. Always got some news for you.
0: Well, Robert, what's been going on?
2: And I can tell you, um, well, solar has been the the kind of the, the, the keyword of the week. There's been lots of solar deals, kind of an endless pile of solar deals. The first one, very popular on the website this week. Any any story that involves Octopus is always quite popular. And in this case, it's the Octopus Energy um, acquiring a UK-based solar developer. Um, the company is called Cestec Renewable Energy. It's got a 160 megawatt pipeline um, that obviously now Octopus is, is going to help build out over the Next, next few years, I would imagine, um, and it, it kind of caps a, a, a busy year for for Octopus. Um, you know, as everyone knows, they, they're requiring bulb, one point five million strong customer base. Um, so they're really building out on both are, the
0: production and the consumer side. There, they
2: are building on all sides, and um, you know, going from
0: a, strength to strength. Exactly, okay. lots of
2: excitement around that company. I mean, you can just see it by the amount of clicks that a story gets. that involves Octopus. Um, So people want to know.
0: So that's Octopus. What else has been going on?
2: Um, Aside from Octopus, another story, um, Dewey, uh, which is um, based, I believe, in Germany, if I remember rightly. Um, They've been doing, again, lots of deals as as the year has gone on. And they've uh, made a a 70% acquisition in um, a company called GM Dev, which is an Italian uh, greenfield solar company. Um, They have a a large pipeline as well, 700 megawatts, that uh, Dewey is now going to kind of help them build out. I was speaking uh, earlier in the, well, a few months ago to to one of the kind of key people at that company. And he was saying how, um, you know, difficult it is for them to kind of, um, you know, get new projects off the ground at the minute because of um, problems with permitting. So it sounds like the kind of buying up companies that have already got the kind of these these kind of permits in place if
0: that would suggest from that deal. So buying into a market where they have expertise to grow up the exactly. portfolio. That makes a lot of sense. Exactly. So that kind of makes sense there.
1: Yeah. Interesting that um, solid deals have been have been important this week um, because that's uh, also one of the reasons why I wanted to look at Morocco. And so more on this. Ah, yes.
2: Of more course. on this later. There's lots going on in the solar market in Morocco. So is, that we'll for, is that it for solar deals or do we have any more? No, I don't think that even is it for solar deals. Um, uh, the other one that I was going to mention was about Sonadix, which again, Inspiration's written quite a lot about recently. They did a big deal, a solar deal in the UK to buy uh, five projects from LightSource BP, uh, quite big, with a, com- with a uh, combined capacity of 300 megawatts. So, um, again, they're looking to expand the that, European portfolio.
0: That is very interesting. So we're seeing, mm. well, 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 with some of the other um, deals we've talked about, we've had Octopus, which you know, is a big developer, yes. big investor, have a big portfolio, buying up a smaller company. But here, LightSource BP, they're not, they're not little, they're not small fish. No,
2: exactly. And, um, you know, I think they're probably looking to offload, obviously looking to offload some of their projects. Um, I'm not sure what stage they're at. I think they're probably kind of early stage at the moment. And Sonadix will develop them in the coming months.
0: Well, that is definitely one to keep an eye on that for the future. Definitely one.
2: Of course, Sonadix have done quite a lot of deals in Spain this year. So interesting to see them also do something in the UK.
0: Okay, so solar panels are on the cheap right across Europe. If you want a solar farm, buy now. On cheap,
2: buy now. <laughs> Plenty for sale. And the other story, just to kind of change things up and not talk about about, about solar all day, um, hydrogen, oh. quite a big deal, your favorite subject, Oliver. It is. Um, quite a big deal in the so- solar space. In South Korea, the, the steel maker, POSCOR Group, um, they announced... Um, A deal worth forty billion uh, to develop a a hydrogen and green steel plant in Australia. The date is quite far out by twenty forty, it says here. So you know, it's in the distant future. But still, it's 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 an example of big money going into um, the hydrogen. Yeah, that is an incredible
0: deal. Um, Forty billion what?
2: That is forty billion US dollars, no less.
0: Mm. Um, So no, that is fascinating. So. You, you're starting to see some real big moves from what we'd call off, the off-takers of the emerging hydrogen market who are really looking to get in. And steel is one of those sectors which is one of the biggest emitters on the planet. Mm, yeah. So much energy goes into refining ore or and uh, processing it into steel. And that's a process which really hasn't changed for exactly. you know, nigh on 200 years. But yeah. hydrogen is offering like a whole different way of approaching that process of producing mm. the same product, but without the CO2 emissions, not just in the energy, but in the actual chemicals you need to use to make the product. Yeah. You can put the hydrogen in um, as, a, as a reduction agent, they call it. So I want to see more about iron deals, more about steel deals. Exactly. I mean, the there's future. been lots
2: of similar deals in Europe, I think, as, uh, in re- relating to steel companies, but I don't think we've seen it so much in uh, yeah, South, South Korea.
0: Korea. Yeah, well, on the note of hydrogen, there was one thing that kind of caught my eye that's kind of been happening over the last week, um, the last two weeks, in relation to hydrogen aviation. Now, this is a, you know, really interesting (laughs) area of one of hydrogen's potential uses is as a jet fuel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, aviation is one of the most polluting sectors in the world, and how do you replace jet fuel with a green alternative? Without some kind of um, particle molecule to replace it, that's incredibly hard. And so there's been a flurry of news this week on that. So Rolls-Royce and EasyJet are working together on a um, H2 jet engine. So two weeks ago they announced that they had um, reached the point where they were able to demonstrate a working prototype. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's something that they did at the MOD test site in uh, Boscombe Down Brilliant. Uh, I'd advise anyone to go look it up. Uh, yes, yeah, so they've um, got a converted AE2100A regional aircraft engine to work on green hydrogen, which is sounds inc-
2: serious. That sounds like a large engine. Yeah,
0: it's in- it's incredibly exciting. Obviously far from being a commercial prospect, but they've got the demonstration working, so that's progress. And there's been a sort of a flurry of news happening in the rest of the sector, I think almost maybe as a response to this, because 2 days after that announcement, Airbus, came out and uh, told us about the progress that they were making on their Zero-E initiative. So this is their their own um, initiative to get hydrogen used as an aviation fuel, this time not being used directly as a jet fuel, but as a way of powering an electric um, engine via fuel cells. Uh. Now, they came out and said that they uh, wanted to fit one of these hydrogen engines to the tail of their flagship, A380, super jumbos, and they wanted to start test flights as early as 2026 with that. With 2026? Commerciali- yeah, relatively soon.
2: Wow, that's just around the corner.
0: With commercialization, they're hoping down in 2035. So 2035. A little bit further away for when they actually sell these things. But um, that was you know, incredibly encouraging. But then I think there might have been some kind of miscommunication or some goings on there because later in the week, they then... Uh, sort of rolled back on that a little bit. They didn't revoke those targets, but it's, uh, they had a statement out where they said that they're still very much committed to hydrogen, but will obviously have to change these targets if the production of hydrogen in the market remains a limiting factor. So sort of laying down the gauntlet there for developers. Sounds a bit flaky developers. to me.
2: So it sounds like they're getting a bit flaky there, putting mm. in the...
0: Well, we'll have to see what they do with that.
2: But it's its progress, isn't it? I mean, they're all big companies to...
0: Are getting behind
2: hydrogen yeah. in the, in the aviation space. space.
0: Yeah, in some incredibly big p- companies like um, Rolls Royce, EasyJet, Airbus, and it's maybe it's going to be hard for some of the smaller players like um, your Zero Aviators to mm. make a make impact if these if these companies' plans go through. So that's going to be something interesting to follow up in the next few months. Yeah,
2: definitely exciting progress. We'll cut there.
0: And what do you have to finish us off with, Rob?
2: Yes, one more one more news story um, about Bewa. Uh Again, another company that's had a had a very busy year. Um, they announced that they're going to open a new office in Cork, uh, in in the in Southern Ireland, um, basically to to kind of help grow out what is a quite quite an advanced portfolio there, 900 megawatts as um, as things stand. And uh, I think they want to kind of push that over the kind of gig- gigawatt mark in there in the next few months. So they're going to be spearheading this from their new office in in Cork, nice. Irish solar, solar and onshore
0: wind.
1: Oh, so it's a hybrid project. Interesting. It and
0: is a, hi- a hybrid portfolio. Yes, it is a hybrid portfolio. And, and in and
1: such a beautiful country as well.
2: It is. <laughs> I know. I love Ireland. I, you that know, sounded
0: I, almost <laughs> ironic. No, we love <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> well,
2: it is. It's wonderful. It's got. It's got nice. Literature, it's got nice countryside, it's got nice uh, beer, and pubs. now
1: a bit of solar and wind. And as now well. it's
2: got solar and wind. Has anyone ever been to Cork? Have you been to Cork? Been to okay. Dublin. Well, that doesn't count. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> because everyone's been to Dublin. You've got to get out, out of Dublin mm. into proper Ireland.
0: Thank you, Rob. You're welcome. And now, it's been an excellent week for Morocco in the football, but it's time now to listen to Capucine's take on the renewable market of Morocco. What have you found out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, it's interesting um, that the news this week have been focused around um, solar mostly and also a bit of uh, green hydrogen because Morocco is building um, a very flexible national electricity grid um bit of hybrid stuff with a bit of um, wind and solar playing um, an equally as important role uh, for its its positioning on, on regional and global markets um, and so in my article I just wanted to showcase that it's basically becoming a really great market for Europeans to invest in um, mainly because it has just um, very lucky um uh, Uh, It's very lucky in its topography, has a lot of wind, uh, very strong wind, uh, almost as as twice as much wind as in the UK. So that's quite a lot um, in some regions. Um, So it's a
2: very windy place then, by the way, of it?
1: Yes. And
0: of course, North African sunshine.
1: Exactly. Um, Uh, Which is, well, you can guess, more than in the UK as well.
0: Wouldn't be hard on a day like today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, yeah, actually, Mar- Morocco is becoming very attractive for European market, especially as it's uh, been able in the past years to build um, subsea cables um, to export its energy to Portugal, Spain, and it's building cables now and um, to export energy in the UK. Uh, yes, I've read
0: about this. Is, this the, uh, is it called x
1: yeah, so um, actually, it was shortlisted um, in our awards last week, or Ener- Energy and Sustainability Awards, under the New Horizon category. Well, um, that is
0: certainly a really ambitious project. I can see why it was nominated for that. Yeah. Um, so, if this is thanks for that overview, Capucine. So, there's a lot of potential for investment in Morocco now, and I think to help sort of quantify that, you've been using inspirations new Risk Watch feature which hasn't quite been launched yet, but I think you can give us a sneak peek of some of the results.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. So um the Renewables Risk Watch Index will actually be available in January two thousand twenty three. So that'll be a nice start um of the year, nice key k-hoff
0: An exclusive here on this podcast.
1: <laughs> um And so, yes, it's been built by our data team and it basically provides an accurate and up-to-date quantitative measure of a country's investment environment. Um, And so it's divided into seven subscores, so including market size, policy support, financing environment, legal framework, etc. And And all of this um, quantified um, and kind of build into a percentile scoring system uh, enables us to have um, a really good snapshot of the market conditions in each country and across different key areas of uh, investor interest. And how Um, does
0: Morocco stack up in our index?
1: So um, Morocco, what is very interesting about it is that it outperformed a lot of countries um, in different categories, so notably just generally in terms of uh, renewable energy attractiveness so globally it didn't mark particularly highly but um, it is the first most attractive renewable energy market in north of africa and the second um, across the continent after south africa and then what's interesting as well um, and what i found in the database is that the bengzi score which captures the probability of default of a country's banking system Um, is very interesting for Morocco as uh, Morocco actually has one of the lowest score for this Um, and which confirms that Morocco has a very solid credit market and that his banks have really just first class debt management for renewable energy projects.
0: That is quite interesting. So I never knew that. With all that confidence in the market, eschewed by our risk watch data, what has been happening in Morocco? What kind of uh, interesting projects are going down?
1: Yeah, a lot has been happening in Morocco in 2022. Actually, um, about almost 500 megawatts um, across three different projects. Yeah, so the three projects in 2022 um, that are the most notable in Morocco is the Noor2 solar energy project, which is um, uh, over 300 megawatt of concentrating solar power. Then we have the Koudia Albaida wind farm, which is um, an onshore wind farm of 100 megawatt. And then the latest one this year was the GPM1 solar power plant, which is photovoltaic solar power.
0: And have any of those actually reached financial close yet?
1: Yes, so um, the Kudya Albaida wind farm and the photovoltaic solar farm, solar plant have both reached financial close. I think the only one that's missing is the North Second Solar Energy Project.
0: Still a work in progress in that case. Yeah, yes. that. Concentrated true. solar is a tricky nut to crack. Okay, so that is a lot. Okay, there's a lot of um, activity going on in Morocco. And one of the things that I noticed in your, in your excellent piece is you talked about the potential for Morocco to become an energy exporter.
1: Yeah, so Morocco already is a net energy exporter, but it's quite recent, actually. It started exporting energy uh, to Europe um, in 2019 only. So I think it really is trying to grow this this side of the business. And um, I think it might also try to do that regionally as well across Africa, because Morocco is known for its support of other African energy markets. Um, is, well especially renewable energy so it's quite interesting to see um, well it will be interesting to see what is happening in that sector over the next few years and I think the project um, X-Link is a really good start and a really good example of this.
0: I agree and just to put in that my uh, typical hydrogen spin on this, marker is also I believe a uh, one of those Markets, which is potentially looking at building a hydrogen export model to the EU as well as part of, if I'm right, the European Hydrogen Backbone Initiative. Really? But well,
2: what is the political situation in Morocco? I mean, is it, is it kind of the government very friendly towards renewable energy? I know nothing about the government of Morocco.
1: Yeah, the government is actually a really strong supporter of um, developing renewable energy um nationally and also regionally um as i said supporting um initiatives across africa but mostly i think um oh. the renewal renewable energy program in morocco can be traced back to 2009 so mm. quite a while back um, and since then there's been a lot of regulations well a lot of updates of regulations um to adapt to the change the changes in the renewable energy sector, um, and notably, there have been so notably now there's a law that guarantees independent producers an access to low voltage grid from various renewable energy sources, um, and they are also able to sell the surplus of renewable energy um, to national American institutions. So there's a, bo- a bit more of liquidity in the renewable energy market thanks to um, government support
0: and that long-term support is presumably why it has such a high score in our uh, risk index
1: yeah absolutely i think it really helps create a really stable environment um, and with low risk and greater attractiveness for a lot of investors and developers
2: I didn't realise that Morocco is a monarchy until I read your article this morning. The kingdom of Morocco. There's a king of Morocco.
1: Yes. The Moroccan kingdom's journey to a low-carbon economy um, can be traced back to these regulations that the government has implanted, but also to the renewed willingness of private institutions, private companies, and uh, the public sector as well To exploit um, these abundant natural resources. And I think that's important because previously Morocco has been highly, um, well, heavily dependent on fossil fuel imports. So that could really change the dynamics um, uh, in terms of maybe geopolitics and um, the importance of Morocco on the energy trade market.
0: Well, thank you very much for that, Capricine. And I think you've hit on some really interesting points there about African um, energy. So yes, Morocco is one of these stories, you know, very, it's very close to the European market, so you can kind of see why some of that uh, bleed over and um, uh, the potential for an exporter is there. And one thing that I've been writing about this year quite a lot are the potentials of other natural resource, uh, renewable resource-rich parts of Africa, for example, in Namibia, where they're looking at making some pretty huge uh, green hydrogen investments to export to Europe. In Namibia. In Namibia. And there's another story this week about um, a 10 gigawatt renewable energy plant in uh, Djibouti.
1: Yeah. And onto that, actually, the last point I could mention about Morocco is that this year there's also been Moroccan giant fat fertilizer OCP group um, as investment plans. Um of 13 billion U.S. dollars to invest in green hydrogen development pilot platform to be late, to be built in late 2023. So that comes back to what you just said about Namibia.
2: 13 billion. A spicy meatball of investment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have such a way with words. That's brilliant. Thank you, Capricine.
1: Thank you, Alibel.
0: So to wrap us up today, Rob, do you have any other news?
2: Well, yes. Um, one doesn't like to dwell too much on government misfortune because I guess everyone deserves a, a fair break, but sometimes you just have to dwell on government misfortune. And 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 this week, Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, and Jeremy Hunt, they got round um, some people to um, basically do an efficiency rating of, of Downing Street, number 10 Downing Street, number 11 Downing Street. And they found that The the Downing Street, the home of the Prime Minister, is absolutely terrible when it uh, comes to efficiency. Um, It basically is leaking heat all over the place. And um, so now they're kind of desperately looking at ways to kind of improve that. And they're apparently looking at replacing boilers and putting in a heat pump and even potentially putting solar panels on the roof it's, it's it's kind of a surprise that not all the prime minister in the past has thought of this that would um be
0: quite a nice gesture but uh cue no, yes. all the jokes about government exactly. efficiency and wastage
2: i remember reading once about um jimmy carter in in america when he became president in like 1975 one of the first i think it was 75 one of the first things that he did was to put solar panels on the roof of the white house and it was like a Gesture, then of course four years later he loses the election. Ronald Reagan gets into office,
0: and gets and rid of those the solar first panels. Thing that he
2: does is to take the solar panels off the roof, because of course America doesn't need help from the sun. They just they can rely <laughs> on their own energy. So it's all down to political point scoring, isn't it? That's that's what this is, and uh, no doubt Rishi Sunak will do a bit of a makeover and get some press attention.
0: Of course, now we did talk a little bit last week about the um, Rishi's latest U-turn on onshore wind development, and they seem to be yes. softening their stance between softening their stance towards uh, onshore wind development. So there has been an effective ban for the last 10 years while the Tories have been in power, c- because basically if anyone in the local area complained about a development, it would have to stop. So that's being uh, reformed now, and it's now going to be a much nicer, much less hostile environment. However, it's uh, re- emerged this week that they're still not going to be quite on the same level playing field as other power projects, like incineration plants, for example, mm-hmm. because the uh, renewable developers would not have the right to appeal against a council yes. decision.
2: Of course, he's being forced into all this, isn't he, Sunak? Like, basically, he didn't want... Um, any of these things, he 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 never wanted to change his mind on on shorewind. It's just he's been forced to do it by his kind of rebellious backbenchers, basically, who want it, and he's
0: mm-hmm. he's being he's <laughs> well, that's what I read. It seems like one. he's it seems like he's being pushed around from behind, in front, all around. He is. He's he's, he's
2: he's he's in big trouble
0: already. Okay, one of these days we'll not do one of these in other news segments about Rishi Sunak but f- for now it's quite funny. Well, it's
2: fun for the time being, but we'll get bored of him sooner or later. <laughs> are we allowed to say that
0: i think so okay it has been excellent speaking to you both today thank you so much rob you're you're welcome nice nice to be here and thank you so much yeah
1: nice to be here thank you
0: uh thank you for listening to the joint venture podcast reach out to us on podcasts at inspiratia.com we'd love to hear your feedback In the meantime, please follow all our coverage at Inspiratia, links will be in the description. Thank you very much, and goodbye.